Hello, hello, hello. I am going to wait for you to jump on. But um, thanks for joining this live today. I'm going to talk about today secure token offerings. Um, I'm going to talk about my fundraising journey a little bit. And then, of course, last but not least, I'm going to talk about how you can invest in Popcom. And this is just one of a series of lives that I'm going to do and opportunities for you all to ask me questions. Let me know if you can hear me clearly. Please, someone, let me know. Chris, anybody, can you hear me good? I hope so. Okay, perfect. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, like I said, thanks again for joining. Um, this is going to be left up, so um, if you jump jumping in at random times, then you can just excuse me catch it um, later. So let's jump in. As you all know, um, I am now raising money on something called a secure token offering. I've been talking about this on my live and on Bars podcast about non-traditional ways to raise capital. As you all know, um, my company, Popcom, we are venture-backed. We've been through accelerators. We have angel investors, and we've raised a total of $901,000. We were um, right at a million, but um, I decided to give some of that money, not take all of that money. So we're at $901,000 that we've raised. And through the process of raising VC capital and just learning all that I know about um, control, about terms, I decided that I wanted to raise money in a different way. Um, initially, um, last year, I was gonna do an ICO and spent many months and a lot of preparation time and, and a lot of capital resources to um, prepare to raise an ICO, which was initial coin offering that this instrument was um, brought into effect in January 2017. And it went crazy. I mean, people were raising ridiculous amounts of money through ICOs, there was absolutely no regulation, and there were a lot of bad actors. Long story short, you know, the um, the bad actors ruined it for a lot of solid founders and solid projects. And so, the entire time this was happening, I'm just really watching the landscape, watching the markets, and really understanding if this was the best thing for us to do. Now, many companies who were successful with ICOs, they were raising money offshore, they were raising money out of the out of the United States. But the fact that I've already taken VC money and we're a Delaware C Corporation, we just can't take those type of risks. So the, the companies that did raise money and were able to keep that money, more than likely they raised money in, in other countries. Malta was a big one, Singapore, um, you know, I was in Dubai earlier this year raising money. And, um, Though many of those companies, if you've been following the news over the past six to eight months, they've had to refund the money. Um, more recently, last week, um, a company I believe raised about 100 million and had to return that. They were cracked down on a lot of fines. So that's when I really knew that ICOs was just not um, the best way to go just because of the SEC rules around it. So I'm going to just, of course I'll take questions, but I'm gonna just give you some more information and some more background. So the STO basically basically came into play this year, 2018, um, as an extension of the Title III Jobs Act passed by President Obama, I talk about this all the time, Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, that allow 
um, founders to raise money from non-accredited investors. Non-accredited investors, um, accredited and non-accredited investors are the categories that you have when you're raising money. An accredited investor is someone that makes $200,000 a year as an individual for two consecutive tax returns or $300,000 a year as a couple. So if you don't make that for two years, then you're considered non-accredited, which, you know, is still, that's a pretty high amount of money. But when you're raising money in a VC round, you can only take that money from accredited investors, which prevents people like myself from raising capital from within their network of people that may be non-accredited, people that may have an extra 500, 1,000, 5,000, 20,000, 50,000 that they want to invest, but they are not technically accredited due to you know, their income or them not reporting that income. So I think it's important for, um, in order for us to be able to raise capital in other ways and from a wider audience, this new secure token offering and this new rule as an extension of the JOBS Act is really helpful for us. You first seen the JOBS Act appear um, about 2016 when people started raising campaigns on Indiegogo and Kickstarter, taking pre-orders for products, which allowed them to raise money for a product and then sell the product. But now, for the first time, you can sell a security. So I, what I had to do was tokenize my cap table, which means as a Delaware C Corporation, we have shares. So when typically you invest in a startup company as an angel, you invest a certain amount of money they're doing equity rounds they could be doing a, a safe convertible note but eventually that converts into a share which is represented as a part ownership in the company so now instead of having it set up as shares what i've done is tokenize the entire cap table which i turn the cap table securities i turn that i turn excuse me i turn the shares into a token and i turn a token into a security this is all new. I definitely encourage everyone to read about secure token offerings, but I'm gonna still continue to give you more information. Um, the secure token offering as an instrument, again, is new, but it's expected to reach 10 trillion in investments by 2020. Um, the first secure token offering that was ever done was uh, done in, they raised $18 million, it was this year, and it really just brought that out to the forefront. The reason why it even happened, like I told you, the bad actors from the ICOs basically messed up the whole ICO ecosystem. So the SEC was like, you know what, we need stronger regulation around this and we need to separate the utility token from a security token. So if you're not really into crypto, which most people are not, I mean, everybody was like fake into crypto last year, but if you took the time to really understand it and learn it, people were raising money selling utility tokens, which a utility is something that you use to transact. For instance, like a payment. And a security is something that is a share, and that's what I'm doing. So you don't use the Popcom tokens to buy anything. They're actually just representative, the same as a share would be. It's just a different name. Um, and the benefit, and I'll get into the benefit in a couple of minutes, but I want you to frame your mind around a token and a share are essentially the same function. The process that I had to go through, through the STO, it's not like last year where you write a white paper, you post it up online and you raise money. I had to go through four months of compliance review and due diligence, meaning the SEC and Start Engine, which is the platform that I'm raising on, took me through the most intense review of my personal life, of my entire career, of every dollar ever spent for the business for the past seven years, everybody on my team. We had to get extensive reviews to make sure that basically we're not gonna steal your money and that we are you know, trustworthy people, no bad actors. So on top of just 
you know, all of that, we were trying to raise money since July and we had to go through all of these compliance reviews. I mean, the bad part is that I had to wait so many months to raise money. The good part is investors can feel completely secure that we are about the right thing. And I think that's for the first time, there is some type of security to let the investors know we've been vetted. As with ICOs, anybody could have raised the ICO. There was absolutely no regulation. And in this case, we had to pay a lawyer basically to act in the interest of our investors. So what they do, they have something called KYC, which is know your customer, and AML, which is anti-money laundering. So we had to pay for all of these things so that you don't. So essentially, when you raise money from a VC, they have their own lawyers. They know they know the you know they they invest for a living. But when you raise money from an angel or you know friends and family, they have to go out, get an investor, read over paperwork, and make sure that they're protected. We've done that for you. We have paid lawyers to speak on the behalf and make sure that our investors, people that invest in Popcom, are actually protected. So I'm going to go a little bit more deep. Feel free to ask questions. I'm, I'm looking at this. My team's on here, but I'm going to just tell you about this. Jump in at any time and ask a question. So I'm going to just jump into some facts here. Um, <clears throat> so what is the SEO? Okay, so here we go. Um, is the deed of ownership the same for the shares and the token? Basically, will the investors receive shareholder rights via the token? So that's a great question, and it's set up the same way as a, a token and a share set up the same way. There's different classes of shares. So my company, we have class A shares and class B shares. Everyone does not have voting rights. Only class B shares have voting rights. That is the way I set up my company. So, excuse me, even though you will definitely be able to um, get all the updates and participate as a shareholder, we don't have preferred shares and we also don't have voting rights for um, for shareholders. That is just the way that I set up my company. Um, the reason that I did that, which is one of the benefits of, of doing an STO, is that the founder can maintain control of the company as opposed to when you raise traditional VC round, you may be forced to give up a board seat or have certain terms that um, do not allow for you to maintain your control. I'm gonna go a little bit more deeper into that. I actually have some, some facts here, but I wanna tell you just again what a STO by definition a security token is a <clears throat> excuse me cryptographic token that shares the profits pays dividends or pays interest to the token holder based on an underlying asset such as shares bonds real estate art or collection so to answer your question with this definition by having this token it's essentially like a share and when we pay dividends or when we exit it's the same type of rights as a share you'll get your dividend payments you'll get your when we exit you'll get your money back in that way Another benefit for secure token offerings that doesn't exist when you're dealing in regular, I don't want to say regular, traditional investing is if you invest in a startup, let's say you're an angel investor, you invest in a startup, put $10,000 in. You can't get that money out until either they exit or they're paying dividends. And in most cases, startups are not paying dividends. They're trying to exit. They're not giving, um, they're not sharing profits. But in the case of a secure token offering, you'll be able to get liquidity on an exchange once it's live. There are currently no exchanges that are issuing security tokens, but right now, uh, Coinbase, T0, GDAX, GBX, and AlphaSwap are all planning to launch security token exchanges in 2019. Now, you have to hold on to the tokens for 12 months. 
doing that allows me as the founder to take the money you invest and actually put it to work to take the money you invest and increase the value of that token take the money that you invest and really grow the business and create a demand so I have 12 months to do that before you can get liquidity it's not a flip it's a real investment it's not a get rich quick it's not a come up quick it's definitely you believe in a business you want to put money in to help it move forward help it reach some milestones most investors stay in three five ten years the benefit of a secure token offering is you only have to stay in for 12 months I'm certainly 100% going to list the our tokens on an exchange so that people can trade them people can go buy them that's what we're planning to do this is a very new thing but it is actually going to happen and it is SEC approved and it's no longer you know the wild wild west um, any more questions while I jump to my next <clears throat> topic um, touch a little bit about again security token versus utility token these tokens are not what you think. It's not Bitcoin. It's it, it's not, you can't buy anything with them. They're actually, again, just representative of a share in the company. Um, utility tokens, you use them for something. If you're using a decentralized app, which they call a DAP, they use it for that. Do I have a link to SCC literature? Um, I will post it again. I have posted several links about this in my Instagram story. If you go to my home page of my Instagram and click on invest those stories are there so you I everything that I share on um, my Instagram I will also put it in the in on the invest highlight at the top of my Instagram story so you can see all about STOs and get an understanding of them you know it was really um, I was on the fence you know about doing this because I know a lot of education is needed but if you follow me, obviously you do, and you have been um, listening to bars, I feel so strongly about doing something different, about giving founders an option besides the normal VC route, and about being able to take money from our immediate network. So this is the way that, that we can do it. And I'm gonna continue to educate people about this instrument, but um, you know, it is here to stay. And what, if you look up resources, they are, um, they're talking about this is the next big thing, which you know they're always having next big thing, but this is this instrument for STOs is what is the new approved way to raise money. Um, the next question, how does one follow the value of the investment? So just like with everything else, when you invest in a company, uh, you'll be a shareholder and you'll get shareholder updates. Um, we send out monthly and quarterly shareholder updates, so you'll be a normal shareholder. You'll be on the cap table with tech stars and Rev1 Ventures and all of my investors, you'll have the equal access as they do. Uh, as you know, me as CEO, opening up my business like this to the public, it's kind of risky because I'm making people privy, you know, for a minimum of $252, you're getting information that investors invest $300,000, $500,000, you know, but truly, truly, you're on the same level as them because in my in my company it's all common stock there's no preferred shares everybody's on the same level as me i'm not even you know i set it up to where everyone is on the same terms as me and i believe strongly in that i believe if you put your money into something um you should have the same benefits that the founder does when it comes to access to information so that's how that's how i run the business um, but you will get the updates you'll be an investor in the same way that it works any other time um let me see 
the reason why, another just go back to reason why I decided to raise money in this way when I couldn't do the ICO because of the regulations, <clears throat> the reason I decided to raise money this way, number one, beyond being able to register my network and talk to you all and allow you to invest as little as $252 and you're not accredited, was also access to global capital. If you follow me, you know that I lived in Hong Kong for a month. You know, I spent a month in Dubai. I traveled extensively, spent time in Israel and in the startup community. So my network is global. My access to investors are global. But when I'm raising a traditional round, all I could do is accept money from accredited U.S. investors. And I didn't want to box myself in in that way. So now, um, first quarter of this year, I'm going to go back over to Hong Kong, spend some time in China, um, and also raise money from... Um, other places around the world that I can so we've we're at 10,000 now it's been the first week and um, you know launching during the holidays certainly wasn't ideal like I said we tried we wanted to launch back in the summer and I had a lot of investors that were committed to invest in the summer and holiday time you know people were caught up in their 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 festive cheer but I thank everyone that the 21 investors that came in on the first week that really helps us to get some movement and some momentum and we need to get as much momentum as possible because in order to get a presence on the Start Engine page and to really get a real buzz, we have to raise money fast. I mean, that's the name of the game. Even though we have 90 days to raise the entire round, which this round is the maximum I can raise is $945,000. Of course, I want to raise all of that. Um, but my, my soft goal is really um, two fifty, dollars And then my next up goal is five hundred. dollars um, we're still thinking about if we're going to take some private investments on a PPM, which is a private placement. But for now, I'm just really wanting to see what we can do. And, and I'm using this as a way to demonstrate to other founders that it can be done. So, I mean, I already feel like it's a success because I've raised $10,000 in, in the first week and haven't done any PR. I've literally just talked to my network, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. We're going to start our major push um, second week of January. So I'll start talking to the angels in my network then. But I really just wanted to activate my network. People that over the past seven years have come to me and said, I love what you're doing. I want to invest. You know, I got $500. Hey, $500 is great. That that's a, that that helps. It's, a, it's amazing. So on, on top of just access to global capital, also, there's new ways we can market it. So even though it did kind of hurt me not being able to talk about the campaign until it was live, so I had to literally be quiet about this for five months and not say anything about it at all. Um, there's new ways we can market it. I can talk about it. It's a public offering so I can speak about it. So I have several panels coming up. I can do this live video. I can do a public solicitation, which, you know, SEC rules around different fundraisers don't allow you to do public solicitations or talking openly about your terms, which I can't give some details I can't say. So I just encourage you to go to startengine.com forward slash popcom and you can read every single detail. And we spent I mean, months, really, really digging into the model, the business. Everything is laid out for you. We're fully transparent. You know, again, it's like it puts us out there. Um, normally, when you raise money, you don't put yourself out there like this. You know, a founder open a roundup and nobody will know except for VCs. And then they'll announce the round is closed and they've raised several million dollars or however much they raise. They don't show the process. But for me, I had to publicly announce it when um when it first launched so like i had zero dollars and everybody's telling me congratulations and i'm like i haven't raised any money yet all i've done is just go through the most intense uh due diligence process that i've ever been through in my life just to be able to take money from people 
and, and, and create wealth in the community. And I talk about this on bars, but long story short, making investments is the way that the wealthy generate wealth and continue to grow their wealth. The way that is set up now, you have to already be wealthy, accredited, $200,000 a year to be able to invest in these rounds. So my thoughts were, how can you truly generate wealth if you can't get in on these early deals, if you can't get in on early tech companies because you're not accredited. I mean, think about people that put those first checks in to these big, you know, these big companies now, these Ubers, these these Airbnbs, and so many others, you know, so many others. And so as a, you know, black woman founder, black female founder, I really wanted to be able to take money from my community and contribute to creating wealth in my community. You know, of course, my goal is to grow my business, scale it and exit and have everyone and all of my investors be able to generate a nice return. But more than anything, I, I don't want to just create wealth for the wealthy. That's what happens. I would like to be able to uh, generate some wealth in, in my in my community. And that's just the fact. Now, of course, I'm targeting all investors, every race, gender. I mean, everybody. I want everybody to come in. But very, very special place in my heart for underrepresented communities and people that don't have a chance to invest in a company like mine. And so, you know, it was a risk. It is a risk. I'm putting myself all the way out here. I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, whatever happens, you guys are going to see. It's going to be public. If I do well and I kill it, you're going to see. If it doesn't do well, you're going to see. But this is a learning, this is learning for, for all of us. Somebody has to take the step in the direction to try to influence change. Somebody has to expose themselves to be open about it. Somebody has to tell the truth. Somebody has to be transparent. And somebody has to try something that's that's um not traditional. And even though it's very uncomfortable because while I sat there for 4 months waiting to raise money from uh, this STO, I didn't raise any money from VC and I could have. And believe me, I wanted to go get some other checks, but I had to stay firm to what I believe in and I really do believe in this. Um, in addition to access to global capital, in addition to new ways to market, it's also better terms. You know, I'm going to raise, I'm working to raise this money and um, I don't have to give up control of my company. And I talk about this all the time. You know, a lot of these founders that you see that have raised a ton of money, they don't have control anymore. They don't have ownership anymore. And I want ownership. I have worked on this for seven years. I want to still be a majority holder in my company and um luckily i have the votes you know and that's that's amazing but i really want when i exit for my team and i to be the ones that and my investors of course but i really want my team and i to be able to exit because we worked hard and, and a lot of times you see founders exiting and they're exiting at a loss or they're exiting and because of preferred shares they really don't get a cash out so i'm really about my team on this um and then also the low cost of entry so with a traditional VC round, when you're doing an equity round, it may cost 50000 plus in attorney's fees to go through the round. Um, with, with Start Engine, the process was only $5,000. I did have to spend um, significant uh, lawyer fees to restructure my cap table, but it wasn't because of the fundraise. It was because, honestly... Last year when I raised money, I didn't I didn't do it on the best terms, but that's fixed now. And I learned a lot in the process. So now the cap table is clean. Um, I'm really excited to, to move forward and bring in some new investors and some new energy. But I spent, you know, eight months, eight months working on doing this. So it's um, it's 
We'll see how it goes. So do I have a timeline? Do I have an anticipated timeline for exit? You know, we never know. You never know, but I have goals and, and our goals are two to three years for an exit. Um, I built this business always in mind, with in mind to sell this to, there's about five companies that I have acquisition target and I'm in touch with all of them and I actually have partnerships with a few of them. Um, Popcom, Popcom is a great business to uh, come under the umbrella of another major company that's in retail, in automated retail. Um, that's what I built it for. I've I, I seen a need and um, I didn't really go into to this to compete with the big guys. I went into it to develop something new that they don't have. So in case you haven't read the page, um, we have a patent pending on the software, a patent pending on the hardware. I invented the hardware. Um, the hardware is in great demand. You can look at some of our customers on the page, um, including Procter & Gamble and several others. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the goal is to scale this, uh, reach all of our milestones, get the product to market, deliver on these now 25 contracts that we have for, for vending machines, and then really, um, you know, create a company that people really want to buy and the demand for it. So I'm not looking to just just exit. You know, I want a company that people, multiple offers come in. And I know that we are poised for that. But um, right now we have some work to do. So the money that I'm raising right now is really going to primarily go to getting the product out and what's called non-recurring engineering, called NRE. And so when you're building hardware, the non-recurring engineering costs are the costs that only happen one time, but they're very, very significant, very expensive. It's very expensive to take a product from inventing it. Like literally the pop shop was an idea in my head to getting it to a sketch, to getting it to a prototype, to getting it to a functional prototype, to getting it into a manufacturable CAD file, to getting it into mass production. So I'm at the phase where we're taking, we, we're working on a manufacturable CAD file and to go to mass production. And that's a very expensive process. But once we achieve that, then we'll be able to turn these things off, literally roll them off assembly line like any other type of hardware. But, you know, if you can imagine, or if you've been following my journey for the past seven years, this is my third vending machine that I've invented. And this is the one that, you know, everything led up to this one. And, and this, the validation came when Procter & Gamble signed up. And I knew like, okay, I'm on to something, but at the same time, hardware is very difficult to do and it took time. And so it's not like other companies, not like an app, it's not like, you know, just software. We have developed some amazing software, but at the same time, we have to have the hardware to make the software really optimize that. Um, so here's another question. I went to the site, how many options? So many options. Do you suggest more than one of those investments? So just go to startengine.com forward slash popcom. Chris, drop that in. I am not promoting anybody else's but mine. Let's be clear. I'm telling you all, asking you, encouraging you to invest in popcom. So aside from that, there are many other businesses that are doing this. And there's some great businesses out there. So I encourage you just to diversify. I mean, me personally, I have investments in... Um, cryptocurrencies, I have investments in traditional stocks, mutual funds, IRAs, and all types of investments. So I encourage everybody to diversify your investments in general. You know, if you can if you can invest in a startup, 
a thousand dollars and then go invest in something do it why not it's all a risk you know investing in apple investing in tesla investing in popcom is still a risk you know it's, it's it's the same so go to popcom page and check out popcom um can you go into detail about how the software intends to be innovative in the regulated economy yes thank you for asking a question about the product this is my favorite thing to talk about so basically um, I'm gonna make a long story short because we don't have a lot of time and I'm gonna go live again and I'll do this as much as I need to to make everybody comfortable um, so the idea started with Popcom to sell cannabis and vending machines everybody knows I sold flat out my shoe product in vending machines but I never intended to go develop software for flat out I developed the software because I realized that there are a lot of products that could be sold in vending machines including cannabis, alcohol, tobacco, and anything that's regulated, pharmaceuticals. But we needed to develop some software that allows you to verify the person's identity and make it an automated process. So what happens with this Popcom software, we use face recognition, which we partner with Kairos and Samsung for that particular side, the analytics and the face recognition side. But we've developed the, the, the dashboard, the back end, we've developed the entire platform and it very much so mirrors um, Shopify. What we're going to do soon is post a video of our software working so that you can actually see how it works. But again, the, the cameras are installed on the outside of the vending machine. If you go to the website, you can see what the pop shop looks like. So the cameras, you can't really see them. Like everywhere else we go, there's cameras. What happens is, if you know you're going to buy a regulated product, so you're going to a dispensary, you download the app on your phone. So everything is done on your local device. You upload your driver's license, your form of payment, and you scan your face. So that is your, what is now like a Apple wallet or you know your Samsung Pay, your Apple Pay. You have your own wallet for your identifying information. What it does is it turns your face into a biometric hash. So it won't say it's Don Dixon per se. It'll it'll have a string of numbers and letters and symbols that represent me, which is a verified hash of a woman or person that's of age. So when I go up to the machine to purchase cannabis, alcohol, tobacco, go, you know, anything that's regulated, select the product. When it's time to pay, I scan the code with my phone, scans my face at the machine, and it verifies it that way. It already knows that I'm verified. The benefit of the cannabis for the cannabis industry is that we connect with the regulated retail databases. So we have a connection um, in our platform to the compliance databases where it can tell me because, as you all know there is a regulation on daily consumption and purchase of cannabis. So it'll tie into the regula regulatory database to say, okay, Dawn Dixon, she's here buying more cannabis. It'll check to make sure, but it won't say Dawn Dixon, of course. This biometric hash has already bought, you know, five grams today. She can buy, or this entity can buy this much more, and that's the limit. And this allows also to tap into the databases to make sure that people are compliant if you live in a legal state like california or colorado you know that you can literally go from dispensary to dispensary to dispensary and buy products and they don't have a system that ties all the dispensaries together and it's also a lot of people are not comfortable going to dispensaries because they don't want their private information being shared they don't want people to know that they're purchasing cannabis for whatever reason but if it and if you do it in an automated way you can go to the vending machine you never have to deal with the human you can verify yourself through a biometric hash and you can purchase the product securely. All your data is secure because it's over the blockchain. So we build on GoChain, 
which also ties in with Ethereum. But we build on Gold Chain because Gold Chain is fast. You know, if anyone understands about cryptocurrency and the time it takes to transfer through the blockchain, um, because it's decentralized, it's peer to peer. It's not just going from server to device. It has to go through several different people to approve that, and it doesn't happen fast. So you can't be at the vending machine waiting. You know, sometimes you should take Bitcoin forever to just transfer from my wallet from the exchange. So you can't stand in the vending machine five ten minutes. So Gold Chain is is the best chain that we found that will facilitate retail transactions. We have um, several dispensaries signed up with us to pilot this. We've been talking with Bear. If you if you follow me um, on my stories and things and and on our Popcom um, Instagram, we were a finalist this year for Bear Pharmaceuticals. You know, Bear the entire um, they have over the counter medicine and all kinds of products, but they're looking to go into um, selling pharmaceuticals, over the counter pharmaceuticals in vending machines. And so they love what we're working on. It's just it's it's a very it's a very new thing. And the, the thing that's difficult about being first to market is your first to market. You're, you're the one doing it first, and, and a lot of the risks and the costs are there. What I love, you know, I used to kind of be a little salty, but what I love is that now there's been several companies that have come out with similar products, not exactly what we're doing, but cannabis vending machines, um, using face recognition for cannabis. Of course, in China, Alibaba has Alipay where you can pay with your face, which is something we're definitely building currently is pay with your face and doing more with your face as far as transacting and loyalty programs. But you'll, these companies have basically validated what I'm doing. So when I started in 2012, I got shut down left and right nonstop constantly. But now, you know, the market has been validated. It's unfortunate that um, it's took it, taken me longer, but I invented things. And, you know, inventing things are, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult, as I said, the hardware. The software is ready. Um, we're not just waiting for the, so for the hardware to be finished. We have secure partnerships to integrate the software into other companies, vending machines, and kiosks. So you'll be seeing the software in the market. You won't know it's Popcom, but it is us. And so investors in Popcom not only have the hardware component with the patent, but they also have um, you know access and, and will share in, I can't say that word, but you will be able to invest in um, the software and the hardware, which scale in different ways. So I, I, I truly believe that we will scale fastest by software integrations, white label software. That's what we're doing. We're a software company at heart. But my passion and my, my innovation that I'm bringing to retail are the vending machines. And you know, it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. And I'm, I'm so excited that we come to this point. But this round here is essential for us. This is the make or break for us because we really have to bring the product to market and reach those milestones of delivering to the customers. Um, I hope I answered your question, but you can read very, very, deep in depth if you go to startengine.com forward slash popcom and you can learn all about our software what it does go chain um, our investors our team um, just everything that we're doing is there in detail our finances are there again it's like i'm an open book you guys all my business is on the internet it makes me kind of feel uncomfortable because you know everything is out there and open but at the same time I truly do believe in transparency and if I want people to support me, I have to be open and be willing to put it all out there because really at the end of the day, we're in this together. You know, yes, my team and I are doing the work, but I don't take it lightly when people invest in me. I don't take it lightly that people take the money that they earned and, and 
gave it to me to make it something, to, to turn it into something, not only to build my business, but to give them a return. And that's, you know, that's my number one goal as well. So when I thought about doing this, I, I had to be sure that I was going to be able to see this through. You know, I wouldn't raise money from people that I know in my network if I had any feeling that I wasn't going to be able to execute on this. And, you know, if you don't know, I spent four years working on this without raising any money at all. You know, I had one angel, Marcus Stroud. He invested the first $90,000, actually $100,000 in 2012. And we worked off of $100,000 for four years because I had to be all the way sure that I could do this, that I could execute this before I took any more money. Not only because of the responsibility that comes along with taking investment dollars, but because I really want to be a success story for the community. As you know, we need to match that pattern. We need to show that founders of color, women, black people can raise capital, can build scalable, sustainable businesses, and can have an exit or a success that's gonna return investor money. We have to do that. It's important for all of us to do that. It's important for all of us to manage the funds correctly that we get. I feel a great responsibility for every dollar that I get. I'm very transparent about it. You know, I like to stay lean because I don't wanna go back raising money all the time. But it's absolutely critical that we don't make some of the mistakes that our peers have um, in just the mismanagement of funds. So I really want to use this as opportunity not only to raise money for my business, but to educate people on um, secure token offerings, educate people on uh, crowdfunding, educate people on how to get customers without raising money and raising money only when you need it. Um, if you have any more questions, that's, those are all of my notes for this particular session about secure token offerings. I really wanted to take the chance to educate you on what it is. It's essentially a tokenized share. Um, we're a Delaware C Corporation. Um, we took our cap table, which was shares, and we turned everything into tokens. So all of our investors have tokens. That just means that 12 months you hold it, we'll list it on an exchange, and the plan is for us to be able to allow investors to get liquidity faster and easier if that's what you want to do um, that also allows me to take the funds for a year and put them to work i will say that we raised money earlier this year on a four million valuation and now the company's worth eight million so i've doubled the valuation of the company in seven months i'm really proud of that and my goal is to continue to double and triple and quadruple the value of the business which in turn increases the value of all the shares. So you purchase, of course, you purchase a share at the price it is today. I double the value, your shares worth double. So my investors from last year, their shares are worth double. I don't think they're disappointed about that. So, I mean, that's my job. I gotta do my job. But um, if you have any more questions for me, I don't wanna just talk your head off to death. I thank you for joining the live today. Um, please go to startengine.com forward slash popcom send me any questions you can send them to me in dm um please also check out my medium page if you go to medium.com and then the, the at symbol dawn dixon i have been blogging since april and i've been blogging about the process so um you can really see everything that went into this this wasn't like an overnight thing it's it's taken my team and i many months and lots of frustration to get here but the journey is all documented and um I know I'm a, one of a handful of people to do this. This hasn't been done a lot in the history of the world. So wish me luck. Um, the minimum investment is 252. Please share with your friends and family. 
And I just thank you for watching and help me make history, you guys. Let's let's show them that um, black tech companies can get it done.